guys, thank you for that. And it's Double Dose of Community Time, and we've got Truck Tech here today. So Alan Adler is joining us on your Wednesday, talking a little bit about Too Simple and its big reputation. Alan, thank you for being here. Hey, thanks. Good to see you guys. So let's talk about Too Simple, because this is a Too Simple week for me. I spent uh, about a half a day out in Tucson uh, before vacation uh, visiting with them. And the first piece uh, with uh, Chief Financial Officer Eric Apia is on the site now. And, um, you know, pretty interesting insights from him on the financial sides of what's happening uh, at that startup. Um, today, we'll have a, a piece with some of the workers who survived after the 25% reduction in force or layoffs in December. Um, so I'm just starting to work on that. That'll post it. And then tomorrow we'll have our exclusive interview with uh, once and, and current CEO Chung Lu. So um, an informal series, if you will, called a mini series and uh, pretty excited about it. Fun writing and really great to get set of exclusive access to the folks out in Tucson a couple of weeks ago. And Alan, the outline of some, well, some things outlined in this article shows that Too Simple has a pretty substantial runway of around three years or so, and that's not even taken into account with um, possibilities that are happening in China. Can you tell us a little bit about that. Sure. I mean, the the thing, the standout part of this, I, I wrote this as a commentary, I don't know, a couple of months ago, and I just said, you know, uh, Too Simple probably can survive simply because they have money. And they do. And interestingly enough, they guided to something less than they actually ended up with, uh, which is just under a billion dollars on their balance sheet. Um, there are so many startups, uh, Anthony, that would love to trade places with these guys. Um, you know, Too Simple went through a traditional IPO. I'm not sure how much of a difference that made, except that they had more diligence they had to do. And, and I guess they've had some pretty good cost management. But, you know, they really did spend a lot of money uh, doing um, freight hauling. They, they weren't making a business out of it exactly. But at the same time, they were racking up the miles. They just passed 10 million miles of autonomous driving with safety drivers. Um, but they basically uh, shuttered most of that work now. And, uh, you know, their Texas operations really took the brunt of the layoffs in December. Uh, they're selling off trucks now that they that they had uh, and were using in these, you know, supervised autonomous runs um, because it was just costing them too much to do it. It, it, it. They were generating revenue, sure, but they were spending more than they were able to book uh, in revenue. We've, that's a refrain we hear a lot these days. But I feel like with, with Too Simple, now they're saying, yes, we're absolutely going to do a driver out commercialized route on uh, in Arizona from Tucson to Phoenix uh, beginning next year. A couple of routes they're looking at running without a human driver. Um, they need to come up with some customers for that. They need to get some density in those lanes to make it worthwhile. But this is what they're focused on now. So, so no more uh, sort of running freight at, at a discount and providing capacity to an industry that well, at this point probably doesn't need as needed as much as it did a year ago. So I think I think you know there's a number of things going on financially. They're continuing to uh, you know watch their money carefully, and uh, uh, they also have potentially another quarter billion dollars or more if they are able to sell their China operations, which would accomplish another goal, which is to sort of reduce some of the scrutiny on the company from the uh, committee on the on foreign investment in the U.S. So with that scrutiny, back at the beginning of the year, obviously, G-Simple was in our headlines a lot here. There were some issues and some shakeups with their leadership. There was, of course, their findings with that accident case that they were involved in. Has that now kind of shaken out and the dust kind of settled on a lot of that drama? And now are they coming out the other side? Obviously, we see the layoffs issues, which 
It's no surprise, as we mentioned, most tech companies aren't undergoing layoffs right now, but we're seeing them in this more favorable position now that the dust has settled. I think so, uh, Kylie. I mean, I want to be careful that I don't come off as a homer for these guys because I, I do see some some positive signs for sure. Um, uh, you know, we even seem to have some of the drama out of the boardroom, you know, when when the co-founders recently sort of exchanged uh, sort of missives, uh, one used LinkedIn and then the other, uh, you know, actually filed an actual SEC document, uh, you know, challenging some of the contentions the one co-owner had made or co-founder had made. So I think we're getting past that. I know Chung Lu, who was the CEO until last March and then was ousted by one of the co-founders and returned in November. I know his goal, he just met with employees uh, the day I was there. I didn't go to that meeting, but he spent about two hours laying out sort of the what we're trying to get done thing and to stay focused because it's really hard not to get distracted by all this stuff. And today's story with the employees, we'll get into that a little bit. Now, I should say that these employees were chosen for me. I didn't pick them. So, you know, were they were they told what to say? I don't know. It felt pretty genuine to me when I talked to them, but at the same time, I didn't choose them. So, you know, uh, but I, I feel like what they had to say was was pretty interesting. And I feel like they are focused on trying to, you, you know, get to the point of this commercial commercial run and, and, and do this. I mean, there's a lot of things that have happened. We don't have enough time to go into all of them. But I feel like with Too Simple, you're talking about a company that is trying to right the ship. And Chung Lu has the, uh, you know, I watched him interact with these employees and they want their pictures taken with him and they, you know, play these little sort of HR driven games and things like that. Uh, you know, not to make fun of it because I think it is genuine. I think people want to know this guy and he's a likable man. And I, th- I feel like, you know, he's, he's doing well by his employees, those, who, you know, who are, you know, still carrying the torch for the company. And Alan, on a grand scheme of things, is there a possibility that Too Simple could be purchased? <laughs> Technically, yes. That's exactly how Eric Chappie answered it, but but probably not. And and the reason for that is because of their ownership ownership structure. Um, they are effectively the the other co-founder, the the one who's the chairman, uh, uh, Mo Chen, essentially controls fifty nine percent of the voting stock. So as Eric Chappie put it, if Chen doesn't want to sell, he didn't get sold. And so even if someone came at them with a whole lot of, you know, evaluation that was even higher than they had and said, oh, it's worth a, a billion two was the number we used in the story today. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter because this is not a popular management structure. And I'll get into that in tomorrow's story with uh, uh, or ownership structure. I'll get into that in tomorrow's story with Chun Lu. But I think at the same time, um, you know, they feel there's some protection by having this this uh, single owner control so much. Uh, you don't have, uh, you know, proxy fights and things like that. Yes, the board gets a vote. But honestly, if only one person has 59%, how important is that vote, right? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's pro forma. So. Absolutely. Well, Alan, thank you for joining us this morning. Of course, we will get the Trek Tech newsletter on Friday this afternoon, or a Friday afternoon, that is. But of course, we have Trek Tech, the show, dropping this afternoon, 4 o'clock Eastern time. Give us a little preview of what to expect today. Sure. We're going to take a little departure. We're going to talk about the hype cycle. Gartner has a Gartner Incorporated, the consultants have a, a thing called uh, the, the hype cycle. And we're going to talk about the five phases of that with one of the Gartner analysts, Mike Ramsey, today. Um, he will take us through those uh, the, the five stages, including one called the trough of disillusionment, which probably describes where a lot of these electrification and autonomous companies are right now. So um, should be a really interesting show. Uh, we, we know Mike pretty well. Uh, actually, went to the same school together. Uh, Ohio University. And, uh, you know, so looking forward to having Mike on today. 
Awesome, Alan. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Looking forward to that episode. Thank you, guys. And you can head on over to FreightWaves.com, and it'll be on your sidebar 4 o'clock this afternoon for Trek Tech. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back, so don't go away. 